And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaker Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscal and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, I'll what's up. Good morning. Good morning. We've missed you, Al. You weren't you weren't on the pod at all last week. Oh, I had the flu. Oh, it's terrible. The freaking flu. It was a pretty good one, though. I'll I'll be honest. It was pretty <laughs> mild as far as flus go. Okay. Well, that's good. So it wasn't too bad. Still terrible. Still terrible enough for you not to be on the pod, which is a, a terrible True. terrible time for everybody else. So we're glad to have you back. Although you had a ton of guests. So many guests. Lots of guests. I'm not typically a guest guy when it comes to this show, but uh, I've had the itch <laughs> to have some well, guests on. <laughs> uh, I actually have a question from the Discord about this, Andrew. Okay. Uh, from Senator Kennedy said, uh, with all the incredible guests wanting to talk thunder on Down to Dunk lately, who would be a semi-attainable dream guest? I know Andrew has already said Coach Dagnalt, but is there anyone else that you've thought about being on the pod one day? Deontay Burton, Rumble the Bison, or some names (laughs) he threw out. Deontay Burton. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. Do you you have anyone on your your wish list? Because the balance is like you got to – there are some people that would you would put on your list, but I don't know if it would be a good pod. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's that's the that's like the weird balance, right? Is that it has to be good. Like I I am not confident Deontay Burton would be a good podcast. Dude, even like Presty. Like it would obviously be awesome to get Presty on It'd the be pod. Cool. It'd be cool. But would that be guaranteed to be a good podcast? It would certainly be in. Well, I don't even know if it would be interesting. I mean, we've heard Presty on pods before. Yeah. It's not like he's going to give he's away just, a lot. He's just, the thing about it is like he's just would be way too measured with his takes and his, what he says, you know, because right. he has to be. And so it doesn't make for like the most interesting content. Um, Mark is definitely toward the top of my list. Um, just because his story is so interesting. Um, hmm. Other... Uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Bill Hader. I'm just trying to think of people that have been. Bill Hader would be awesome. He probably would. I don't know how much Thunder Basketball he actually watches, but that was the thing with was, Nate Roos is like I learned pretty quickly just through chatting with him through DMs that like he knows basketball. 
really well. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I actually think this would be a good one. When he told me that he loved Boris Diaw, I was like, okay, let's do, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> okay, I didn't even ask, but okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. It tells me a lot, actually. Yeah, Nate was awesome. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that show, and you're like, who is this Nate guy? Like Nate Roos from the band Fun, obviously wildly famous band from the uh, early 2010s. I think 2012 was when that uh their last album came out that like they won a grammy for yeah i was looking on ridiculous. one of their youtube uh music videos has a billion views oh my gosh they're a billion there's the band is so good and they were they're outrageously famous and nate was very gracious with his time uh for us so i very much appreciate that from him and the show was just good like i just had i had a, a ton of fun i told them before we started i was like oh maybe we'll go like you know 20 30 minutes and like we went like hour ten, <laughs> and like I felt like we could have kept going just because he's just a he's just a basketball fan. Like he just knows hoops and he he loves it. He loves the NBA. I thought it was cool that he became a Thunder fan through fantasy basketball, which is like relatable content for you and I, just because we played fantasy basketball forever. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was that was really fun. He's really great. Uh, but dream guest PJ Carlissimo. That would be that might be interesting, <laughs> honestly. Like, take take me through the hiring process. Take me through you getting let go. Why did you take play me through Kevin? having to move to Oklahoma City, like in the oh middle of a, coach, a coaching stint? Right. <laughs> Why did you play Kevin at the two? <laughs> yeah. What did you think of Robert Swift? <laughs> yeah, there's actually a lot to ask PJ Carlissimo. <laughs> Give us some Robert Swift stories. I'll yeah. bet you there. I'll bet you there are some Robert Swift stories. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, but Mark Degnault definitely top of the list of guests that I would like to have on that I know would be a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, Al the Thunder, they're, they're sitting right there with the Golden State Warriors at twenty three and twenty four, as we all expected <laughs> for both of these teams. That they'd be 23 and 24 at this point in the season. They sit one full game back of the Phoenix Suns. At uh, They're at 25 and 24. They are in seventh place, as are the Dallas Mavericks, who are in sixth. So, And, there, and the, the Mavs is the interesting one because, you know, two weeks ago, it seemed like they were kind of in their own little separate tier. It did. Or maybe even in a tier with the Kings at that point. Yeah. And since then, they're right down with the rest of us now. I know. They're three and seven in their last 10. It's brutal. And uh, things are looking bad. Spencer Dinwiddie having some uh, quotes for the Wizards last night. Oh, boy. A game that they lost. Lost to the Wizards. Yeah. Well, they, uh, they got Rui Hachimura off their back. Now they're, now they're free. They're free. Yeah, now they're going to fly. <laughs> yeah. They are 21 and 26. Three in a row, though, for the Wizards. Yeah, the, this the Western Conference. The thing that I keep coming back to is that, like, you look at their next three games; they look like they could be uh, challenging. In fact, there's a chance that this is like their hardest stretch for the rest of the season in terms of three games in a row. You could you can make an argument for some other ones, but like Atlanta, Cleveland, Golden State, although they are all at home, that's a pretty stretch. Let's just say they lost all three. 
Yeah. The thing I'm realizing is that the rest of their seat, the rest of their schedule is so easy in comparison to some of these other teams. Mm-hmm. Like even if they lost all three, it's not like they escape this vortex and are clearly in like tank mode. They're still going to be right there because none of these teams are separating themselves either. I mean, the Timberwolves lost to the Rockets last night. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that Timberwolves lost to the Rockets. I think it was that was Monday night. It's so bad. The they made the Rockets look competent, and that's a that's a tough that's a tough thing to do. And they did it's a it. Tough nut to crack, and they did it. Congratulations! Yeah, and <laughs> Anthony Edwards after the game was saying that they just have had a hard time getting <laughs> just getting into this game against the Rockets just because it's the Rockets. Yeah, he like, admitted that. It's like, come on, bro! Like this is. Guys, you just have to win these games. You have to. And the Thunder have two games against the Rockets coming up, February 1st and 4th, where it's just like you have to win those games. You have to go win those games. If you want to make the play in, you can't split with the Rockets. Like you need to beat them both games. Like The Thunder are clearly a better team than Houston, and they need to go and show that. In Houston, February 1st. In OKC, February 4th. Like, go... Go win both of those. <laughs> and then they have another one, February 15th, against Houston. I mean, my goodness. And then they've got three games against Utah. Like, don't split those. Beat Utah. If you want to make the play-in, just go beat Utah. And then yeah, like, definitely. They, they, they just have to, you have to win those gimmies. They got another one in Charlotte. They have another game against Charlotte and OKC. You got to win that one. At the Pacers, you got to win that one. Oh, they have another one in, against Utah. April 6th. I think it's four against yeah, Utah. Yeah, four against Utah. Go win all four. I don't know that they will, but if you want to make the play in, you have to you have to go win all four of those gimmies. Yes, the teams that when you're thinking about the Thunder making the play in or not, there's three teams in my mind that are, are going to swing this, and it's Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah. Yeah. Because no doubt. all of those teams are right now in a similar position in the standings. We have 12 games left against those three teams. Yeah. 12 of the remaining 30-whatever games are against those three teams. And so how those teams are doing is going to swing a lot. And I'm feeling more confident about Phoenix. I mean, they've won four in a row. You assume if they get Butler back that things will kind of stabilize with them and they could even push for like a top four seed. Um, Golden State. Booker. Who did I say? Butler. Oh, I was gosh. just sitting here thinking, is there a butler on the Suns? Am I going crazy? Booker, uh, Booker yep, which when not. some people say Booker, it sounds like they're saying Booger. Booger. Devin Booger. Butler. Wow. So just well, something to It watch is out seven for. in the morning here. Um, Golden <laughs> State, I don't know what to think about. They've lost some bad games recently. And then Utah could be a swing team because all of those games are after the trade deadline. Yeah. And I, I still don't really have a good feel for what they're doing. I have no so, clue what Utah's going to do because you have everything from, oh, they could sell off these pieces to, hey, I think they're going to acquire John Collins. And you're like, I know. Arf? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah they're what really are you? into John Collins. What are Pair you him doing? with Lowry Markinen. Yeah. What are you doing with John Collins? Why do they just see him as like this ass, like a underrated play. player yeah just like with marketing where it's like hey this team doesn't know what they have in marketing and right we're gonna get him and you know atlanta has no clue what they're doing with john collins which might be the case like john collins good player 
and he just is perpetually in trade discussions, you know, maybe there is something to it. I don't I don't know how you play he and Markinen together. Um but yeah. Oh, speaking of Markinen, can I show you something? Yeah. Oh, Andrew's got some Markinen merch. It must have... The Jazz are very excited for their uh Oh, you got you got the thing. Potential uh all-star. All-star. And wow. Uh, the the Andrew. That's a big deal. Was that was that sent directly to you? It was not. Okay, I was going to say because you don't have any impact. On I have zero impact. <laughs> so I'm in a text group with a bunch of people that do have impact, and uh, <laughs> and that's what you wanted. Zach Harper was like, "Does anybody want this? Because I am going to throw it away." And I was like, <laughs> "You want to send it to me? I will take it." <laughs> I feel like you could you could get some. There's been a lot of cool stuff over the years. I mean, I'm sure it's not cool once you get it every single year, but I bet you could get a lot more junk your room i would be super pumped and jacked to just have teams sending me stuff like that i would be very very excited about now are you that. disappointed that the thunder aren't doing anything for shea i mean it's kind of a foregone conclusion he's going to make it but do you think that he could have used a little media boost uh, i would maybe not, a mug a shea mug i would definitely take a shea mug i would take a bobblehead Oh man, did you see that Alpin Shingun? Not to bring him up all the time, but <laughs> did you see his uh, his bobblehead? No, I did not. How did I miss so this? So it's just a regular bobblehead, but when you bobble it, he says the line that he said on draft night: "The Hi Houston, I am so happy." I'm so. It says that over and over again. <laughs> I really want it. Uh, they hand these out at the game. Yeah, yeah, he got his own bobblehead night. That is awesome. Hi. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> I am so happy. I, I won that so bad. I would love to have that. I would love to have that. Oh my gosh, it's a it's kind of a terrible bobblehead, but that makes it great. Oh my, that's that is great. Yeah, I definitely want that. Sitting sitting beside my Larry Markinen finisher. You know, uh, we'll talk about how you know they've been somewhat disappointed with some of the crowds. Yeah, uh, down at the Pacom Center. Mm -hmm. That's how you get people out. It's true. Start doing start doing some bobblehead nights, and I'm going to be getting pretty. I might fly home to get a dumb bobblehead. If I'd be excited about bobblehead. That. Yeah, there's Dort bobblehead. What, what bobblehead, bobblehead would you want the most? If you could have a Thunder bobblehead, which one would you want the very most? If they did a Giddy bobblehead with <clears> real <throat> not not real hair, but <laughs> with his real hair <laughs> clippings. No, no, no. But with actual hair, that would be pretty cool. That would be very cool. I can't disagree with that. Um, uh, thank you. A Dort head would be great. Isaiah um, Joe. I mean, literally anyone on the team, I would be pretty pumped about. You know that they do like a Darius Baisley bobblehead. Really? I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> you don't know. know? I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, obviously, like a Poku bobblehead would just, that would be delightful. Um, yeah, that will get fans out. Would you would you uh, fly back for a Eugene Omarui bobblehead? Mm, I might have to just DM some people who are going, see if they can pick <laughs> me one up okay. of Eugene. <laughs> oh, definitely the one I want the most is a Kenrich Williams bobblehead. 
the, and, and that one makes the most sense. And you know what? That's actually a great lead in, Andrew. Yeah. To what we're going to talk about today. Because we're, we're two weeks away, pretty much exactly. Because it's February 9th, I believe, is the trade deadline, which is a Thursday. We're recording on a Wednesday. Yep. T- tune into the uh, Athletic NBA show live. I'll be live on YouTube with Dave DeFore and Seth Partnow and Mo DeKeel talking about the uh, trade deadline. On on that Thursday. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we're. J- it felt like this Monday was the first. They they turned on the spigot and we finally started getting some some little droplings, some scuttlebutt. The dam was broken. The dam was broken and. Who who could imagine there was actually a thunder uh, relevant topic yeah. on like day one? Yeah, which was uh, Shams was on some show. He's on some shows. He's on. I, shows. I went to uh, uh, Upper Crust Pizza when I was in OKC. Yeah, and uh, Shams' show was on TV, and I didn't even know that it was on a real like I didn't know it was just on TV. I thought that was like a web thing. I don't. And he was just there. Yeah, it's it's through Stadium. And I don't okay. know exactly. Which I don't know what that is. I don't either. I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah. Uh, Sh- but anywho, Shams was on a show being interviewed. And Ke- the, the topic of Kendrick Williams came up. Yeah. And he said they could trade him today for a first round pick. But they've held on to him. When this team wins big, <clears throat> Kendrick Williams is going to be a part of it. Now, uh that shouldn't be surprising to any Thunder fans because I feel like we've we've been talking about this for at least a year. I mean, yeah. going back to last year's trade deadline. Um, but I did think the, the the thing I thought that was interesting about that is, don't you feel pretty confident that that didn't come from the Thunder? Like Shams and Woj, for that matter, typically don't have like insider Thunder knowledge. Yeah. About and it just seemed like a weird report to have come from the Thunder. Like, can you imagine someone for the Thunder contacting uh, Shams to let them know, oh, we could get a first right now for him if we wanted to. That just doesn't fit like the normal <laughs> type of OKC leak, like that kind of like b- boasting. It's a, uh, it's a good brag, though. It is a good brag, but it didn't, it, for me, it doesn't fit that coming from like inside the organization. Yeah. Um, it's not, not that it matters it's because I think it's true. Um, I think it's true, but it's just yeah. I just thought it was a weird kind of report because the other thing is they could trade him a day for a first round pick. Well, what does that mean? You know, obviously some people's mind go instantly to, oh my gosh, they're they're keeping him for an unprotected first. Somebody offered an unprotected first, and they're just like, oh. maybe like top fifteen protected, top 16, 17 protected. Maybe pick? who knows? We'll apparently never know. Um, because they're going to uh, hang on to him. And yeah. the other thing here is that there wasn't a team attached to this. You know, there. Yeah. Well, you can. So name, it made me you just wonder, like, teams. how real. You know, you can name your. T- I, there's a lot of teams that'd be interested in Kenrich for a first round. Right. Uh, I did go back to last year's deadline, and at that time, Jake Fisher had had a report about Kenrich Williams, and it was more from the uh, the perspective of other teams that had been calling the Thunder, mm-hmm. and it was the same kind of deal. It, it was a report, you know, in his little notebook that just said, "If you want Kenrich Williams, it's going to be at least a first. So back then, it sounded like they were willing to deal him, but you would have had to pay a first. And of course, he was an expiring at that point. Yeah. Whereas now, it's like they could definitely get a first, but they're holding on to him. Yeah. Under yeah, that, because yeah. now he's on that awesome contract. Yeah, and I've got. 
uh, knowledge close to the situation, or however you say, what is it? Sources close to the situation mm. say that most teams know that he doesn't want to be dealt and that he's not going to be traded. So like, it's not, yeah. it's not really a conversation. Right. Um, that was really just, it was just like a weird brag to put out into the universe from Shams. So we got this guy well, and you can't have him, you know? Well, I, I, I texted Andrew after it came out and I was genuinely asking him, were you Shams's source? Because the <laughs> things he said sounded word for word. Yeah. What you've said on the podcast. Yeah. It almost sounded like Shams had just listened to Down to Dunk. And then he could have been doing a Down to Dunk segment. He could have been on with us saying that same thing. And it wouldn't have been out of place. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. It's like, local Thunder podcast Down to Dunk says. <laughs> um, no. And I've, and I've started doing, Shams does this. We, we've been doing this inside pass thing for the podcast yeah. deal. So like Shams and I have gotten to know each other a little bit um but i'm definitely not his source and nor will i ever be his source for for anything except for making a uh a very very quick podcast <laughs> with him <laughs> um so that was the only like directly thunder related thing where the thunder actually mentioned yeah in yeah. In, in any scuttlebutt mm -hmm. but the thunder have been playing well lately they have. Uh, if you look at their record in 2023, great. If you look at their net rating, great. You would think they're one of the top teams in the NBA, Andrew. If, yeah. Uh, you just go by the when the calendar turned. You look at power rankings and like there's some people, power rankings. Some people have the Thunder like number ten in their power rankings. Some people do have that, and that's cool and that's exciting. And as a result, I think there is a segment of Thunder fans. We're saying, all right, well, we're here. If if we're the if we're the tenth best team in the league with this squad, why wouldn't you go out and try to upgrade this team? In fact, why from not? the Discord, uh, Shale's the way asked, please discuss why we shouldn't make a move now to make our team better, or at the very least, this offseason. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to discuss this and you know, anyone who's listening to Down to Dunk knows what Andrew's going to say. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, and, and they probably know what I'm going to say because I've, I, I share similar feelings. But for the sake of this discussion, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to push Andrew and force him to answer some, some questions about these ideas of making a move to make him defend his position so that you're not just listening to two guys saying, Oh, Sam Presti's never going to push a button ever in his life. Okay. <laughs> the man has never pushed a button in his life. Never pushed a button in his life. Uh, okay. So let's start with this deadline because I actually think that's an easier discussion. Yeah. Because the, the thing with this deadline is that they have so much dead money. Like according to Spotrack, I was looking at it last night, they calculated it as 47 million in dead money. Which is just, money. it's nothing. It's You can't do anything with it. As they say, and, dead money don't make none. That's right. Yeah, they always say that. Dead money don't make none. You can't do a lot with dead money. And as a result, as you're trying to construct fake trades with the Thunder, it gets difficult quick. Like, basically, any trade has to involve Lou Dort. Because he's the only contract that has any amount of money attached to it. Yeah. And... He's the only one that you might be willing to move. I mean, obviously, the other one would be Shea, which we're not moving Shea. Yeah. 
So if you take a guy like uh, Siakam, who I saw Jones on the NBA, I think like a week or two ago, was talking about like some team needs to go and overpay for Siakam. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing player, blah, blah, blah. And some of the comments was like, what about OKC? He was like, yes, absolutely, they should do it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't even like do a deal. You can't make one right now because of how much dead money there is. Dead money like, don't make none. Maybe you can do a deal where you pile up like five or six of OKC's young guys, but it's so hard to get to that money right now. So the guys with huge contracts, you just can't even think about it right now. Yeah, it's not feasible. And they wouldn't do the Siakam deal anyways. Even if even if even if the Raptors were calling and just begging them, like, please just take take a Pascal Siakam. You know, like it'd just be like, no, we're not. That's not where we're at. Sorry. Well, if they were if they were begging, we might. Just to be nice, Andrew. No, no, I, no. I think they would shut it down. Hang up. Mm, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. I'm only talking about this deadline right now. Okay. So then, uh, the other thing at this deadline that everyone is uh, wants to get very excited about is OG Ananobi, who is 25. Yeah. He is an expiring contract next season mm-hmm. because he has a player option in that uh, uh, that that final year of his contract. Mm-hmm. He, you can make the money work because he doesn't make nearly as much as Siakam. You could do a deal in the realm of Dort, Baisley, plus Hicks. Mm-hmm. And there was some reports on OG this week. So first you had uh, the Bob McCowan podcast. Some guy, insider, you know, up in Toronto. The Bob McCowan, um, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. I meant to look up who Bob what McCowan is Bob was. McCow- I don't know what the Bob He's McCowan He's a Canadian radio personality, okay? And he's wearing sunglasses in this picture and a leather jacket. So I take that to mean he's their, like, Traber. Okay? <laughs> is that helpful? Oh, my gosh. He looks, he looks more like their <laughs> Al Ashback. Yeah, okay. He might be their Al Ashback. He I'm is watching a video a of him host. talking right now. And he <laughs> is, it is feeling less credible the longer up, that I wa- that I watch this video. Okay, continue. I can't do this. I'm, I'm on his Wikipedia. Bob McCown. Other names. The Bobcat. Okay, so we're talking about the Bobcat here. He is best known as the longtime host of the Canadian sports talk show Primetime Sports. He is squinting while wearing sunglasses on camera. Okay, keep going. Well, he needs to get a uh, better tint on those. To avoid that. Uh, so anyways, he, but any, he, he's a guy, okay? His quote this week was, I talked to an NBA insider yesterday. This is a guy I've known for years. He tells me Ananobi wants out of Toronto. Take that as you will. Oh, that, 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 was, that was from somebody on Twitter. Um, Ananobi wants out of Toronto. That's something we heard last summer. We talked uh, on Slam and Jam about that. Yeah. You know, when, when Portland was interested in Ananobi. I don't think it's surprising that OG Ananobi might not want to be in Toronto long-term and that of all of their players that they might move uh, after you get beyond like the expiring guys like Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet, OG is the one who they might actually move who has, you know, more than a year left. He has a year and a half left on his current deal. Yeah. Because we've heard this for a while. The other thing that came out, is Bruce Arthur. Now, you do know Bruce Arthur. Bruce Arthur, a little, more, little more credible than the uh, Al the Ashback. Bobcat. Than the Bobcat, the Al Ashback of uh, Toronto. 
uh, Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote an article, which, uh, funny, he, he started off, you want to be Oklahoma City? Draft picks in bunches? Because he was talking about, like, you know, what do you want to do as Toronto Raptors fans? Yeah. Uh, at least one team has previously offered three first-round picks for Ananobi, and Siakam is worth more. Now, he obviously didn't say who the team was. He didn't say what kind of first those were. Yeah. But knowing that last year, Presti gave three picks for Usman Jane, I think we can probably assume that the three first-round picks offered for OG Ananobi were probably worth a little bit more, at the very least, than those picks for the 11th pick, or whatever that was. Possibly, yeah. Basically, let's just assume this is correct. So now we're going back to our deal. We're talking about Dort, Baisley, and three first-round picks yeah. to kind of get in the conversation. And there's a chance that Toronto doesn't even want Dort, that he doesn't fit what they're trying to do right. long-term. <clears throat> right. Um, so th that, that is like the type of deal you would have to do right now to get OG Ananobi, mm -hmm. a guy who, again, only has a year and a left year and a half left on his deal. So the point being like making a deal at this trade deadline, you're going to be overpaying or you can't make the deal because they're currently situation. Yeah. Would you generally agree with that? Yeah. I mean, in a deal like that, it's like, why are you making a win now move today when you don't have chat? You don't know what this team looks like next year. You don't know what internal improvement you could have. You have all these lottery picks on your team, one of which you just have no clue how his career is going to go. Like we have a decent idea of like J Dub, like oh yeah, definitely an NBA player. This is great. Like he's part of the crew. Uh, Usman Jang, like just frankly, just don't know. And then you're going to bring in a guy who plays the same position as that guy. Like, come on. And like people, and I know that some people are like, well, I just rather have a guy that I know is going to be good. There, I mean, there's a chance that Us doesn't work out and that it, the right decision would be to get a guy like OG. But the problem is we just don't know that. It could be the exact wrong thing to do. And, like, the the Blazers a long time ago, you know, didn't quite know what they had in a guy in Jermaine O'Neal, and they let him go to Indiana, and he became an all-star and, like, one of the best players in franchise history in Indy. And so, like, you don't want to let go of a young guy too early just because like you are a 500 team. And that's the other thing is like, this is not a team that's like 12 games over 500, you know? Yeah. I, I keep thinking about the Grizzlies, which is so funny because during the early parts of this rebuild, I felt like the Grizzlies were a team we were kind of opposing, you know, like they were the example given, even though it didn't make a lot of sense because they still got like a number four pick and a number two pick, mm -hmm. but they were always given as the example of like, this team didn't really have to tank. Like they were barely down and, and they're showing that you can just draft guys later in the draft and, and build it up. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, two years later, the thunder are actually looking closer to what the Grizzlies did than any other team. Like, yeah. like we were more focused and everyone else was more focused on the process. Sixers is like, this is going to be an extended, you know, three to four year, tank yeah and then we turn the corner it's starting to look closer to what the grizzlies have done the reason i bring that up is because you look at the grizzlies like all these conversations 
make more sense to me for the Grizzlies right now. Mm-hmm. Like in a wide open West where they are right there with Denver, and all these teams, whether it's Phoenix or Golden State, who are just, just can't get it together. The Clippers just can't get it together. The Grizzlies have a real opportunity to push a button right now mm-hmm. with some of their future draft assets and with their young guys mm-hmm. to make a move. And I think if OKC was in that position, it would make a little bit more sense to me. At the same time, we all kind of know Memphis isn't even going to do that. Yeah. Memphis no. probably isn't going to make one of these deals. The OG deal with Memphis actually makes more sense to me. Yeah, you go win the West. If you if you are able to deal for OG and you basically give out young potential and draft picks back to Toronto, like Santi Aldama or whoever. And Sa- and Zaire that's Williams. like the gulf for me right now. Yeah. Like we are not in the Grizzlies position yet. No, they're not going to win the were... West. Like what are they going to do? Like you deal for OG Ananobi, and let's say it is Dort, Baisley, and picks. Realistically, and you probably have to give up you? at least one of the really choice picks. Yeah, there's just there just ain't no way. There ain't no way. What are you What are you gonna do? Like maybe that propels you, and you make the actual playoffs, and you lose in round one, and then you get Ad Chet, and then you're a, a much better team. But I'm still, I still just don't know how you develop the guys that you've ha- that you have. You know, I just don't still don't know how you develop the guys that you have if you deal for a guy like OG. And then you extend him, <clears throat> like if he's like, "Oh, I love it here." One, it's been well chronicled that OG was not a huge fan of coming to Oklahoma City, even on draft night. Um, so, you think he wants to come here now to play? Like, uh, what fiddle is he playing? Third fiddle on this roster. That's the other thing that I fourth think about fiddle, too, because- fourth fiddle next year, really. Because the thing with OG in Toronto that has always come out is that he doesn't, he wants more touch. He wants to be a bigger part of the offense. He doesn't like having to be the like definite third guy behind Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. And so, what is, what is the plan there bringing him to OKC? Why is he going to be so much happier in he, OKC? He won't the be. The other thing, he won't be. hey, you want to come here about, and play the Dort role? No, no. No. Well, actually, the Dort rolls have been pretty good <laughs> for a couple of years. I know, but like, what's how many shots is is OG taking per night in Toronto? He is taking fourteen. Yeah, like, and Dort is. I think Dort's either there or I think he's less than that. Lou Dort's eleven point nine. Yeah. Yeah, like OG is would definitely be taking a step back, probably in terms of shot attempts. Coming yeah, to yeah. the Thunder. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah, uh, I don't want that. The other thing about OG is that one of the reasons why so many people like him is because he's on such a good deal right now. Like yeah. OG Ananobi at $20 million is incredible. It's great. I think there's a legit chance that he's going to be making like 35 on yeah. his next deal. Yeah, I'm yeah. not even joking. 35. Yeah. On his next deal, the, if 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 teams truly are willing to give up three first round picks for OG, they are willing to pay him as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think next summer, OG on whatever his next deal is going to be, people are going to have different opinions on OG all of a sudden. Yeah. In the same way that like when the Wizards give Kyle Kuzma whatever they're going to give him this summer, 
which apparently they've locked into <sighs> to stone now Bro. because they traded Rui. They basically said, hey, we're going to have to give you whatever you want because we have no backup plan. We're going all in on Kyle Kuzma. All of a sudden, next year, people aren't going to have the same opinion of Kyle Kuzma when he's making whatever he's about to make. Yeah, I am. The, the Wizards just, they, they want to be who they are forever. Um, okay, that was this deadline, though. And I'm, I'm in lockstep with you there. Where I do think it gets interesting is this summer. Because Can I propose a, a trade deadline trade for this for this trade deadline? Yeah, let's hear it. Darius Baisley. Okay. To the Phoenix Suns. First? For first. for their first round. No. For the twenty twenty five second round pick and Dario Saric. They yeah. tr- they trim about four million dollars off their tax bill. They get whatever Darius Baisley is to them. Who knows? Uh huh. And the Thunder can do whatever. If they want to play Dario, cool. If they want to wave him, cool. Whatever. But it's just a it's a cost saving move for Phoenix. It saves them a bunch of money. And the Thunder can get a second essentially just for taking on the extra money. Do you think that will satisfy uh, some of the segment of Thunder fans that we've been talking about that kind of want them to make a a big move? I don't know. I mean, Sharich would actually fill a role for this team. Don't you think? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's, an, he's an expiring. Yeah. Or you could just wave him, and then he could go sign with a playoff team. Whatever. He's not been very good for Phoenix this year. But like essentially, you just acquire another second, and if you can push it out to twenty twenty five, it the deal would be to get the second round pick. It's not to get Sharich. It's not to like, yeah. oh, let's bolster the center position for the Thunder for the playoff run. No, it's yeah, it's to it's find a way, and it's like a you're not getting a second for Baisley, but you're getting a second in a Baisley deal. Right, and it doesn't hurt OKC. Yeah, it doesn't hurt you know, their long-term yeah, yeah. cap. It's And for Phoenix, you know, new ownership saves a little bit of money on this team that hasn't been very good. And you get to see if a young, athletic, big can help your team. You know, he, he had a ton of success, Baisley did, specifically with Chris Paul here, his rookie season. And yeah, so you he just, did. You throw him on Phoenix, you just try to see if he's got anything at all. And if he doesn't, you let him walk this summer. And if he does, you can probably have him for pretty cheap. So, Well, that's exciting. There you have it. Thunder there fans. it is, Thunder fans. Blockbuster that's the deadline kind of, deal. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of deal that I would expect. It's like, hey, let's use our remaining cap room to grab some kind of pick and then get Darius a new home where maybe he can have more of a consistent role kind of thing. So, Okay, let's move to the summer, and this is where I'm going to start pressing you. Press because me. Let, let's start here. <laughs> Press me. Let's start here, Andrew. Okay. They're going to have cap space this summer. Yeah. Correct? Sure. Yes. Fact. They are. Yeah. Say yes. Yes, fact. Uh, fact. It, I think it's somewhere around like twenty-five million. It depends on a few things, like where their pick ends up. They're not like the Spurs, 
or the Rockets who have gobs of money. But they have a decent amount of money. Yeah. And arguably the most amount of money they're going to have in a summer for the foreseeable future. Sure. Have you ever seen Sam Presti let that much cap space go to waste? Um, so I've had similar feelings. Summer of 2010, I had similar feelings. Like, oh my gosh, what an opportunity at hand for the Thunder. There are so many guys available on the free agent market. Maybe we could get in. Maybe, maybe we could get a meeting. Who do you think you wanted back then? Oh, I definitely thought... Look at the, look at our young core. We could sh- surely get a meeting with Chris Bosh. It's like no. Uh, we could surely get a meeting with David Lee, right? Like David yeah. Lee, um, Carlos Boozer. You know, like can we can we get a meeting? And the answer is just like no, 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 no. And in fact, what they did was they used a huge chunk of that cap space and gave it to Nick Collison. <laughs> And they signed him to a deal that was like front loaded and it just ate up like any hope of anybody. But the truth was the truth behind the scenes was there was no chance of them getting a meeting with any of those guys and them actually doing anything with the free agent market that was significant. So yeah. Okay. But so you you kind of agree though, they're probably gonna do something with this cap space. I don't know. I don't know that. You really think Pressy's going to go into next season like $25 million in room and just let it go to waste? Um, I'm not sure that's... After, that... after everything he's done over the last couple of years, he keeps... He has is, he is used like every ounce of the cap space when he could. Yeah. Obviously, last year, he couldn't at some point. But like, on it for a team on the rise... Mm-hmm. When this might be the only time you have cap space in this whole cycle, mm-hmm. like this, especially this much cap space, to just let it completely go to waste, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I would see, I could see them using it for a trade to like take on a distressed asset and get picks further down the road again, but I'm not again, but not to bolster the roster this summer. No. no. So if you could you don't think there's any chance. And actually, let's not even think about it in terms of probability. Do you not think there's any potential value in, uh, let's say, signing uh, Cam Johnson to an offer sheet? Oh gosh, I I would not. No, I don't. I don't think that's happening. I I know that's you don't think it's happening. But what what's why wouldn't you do it? I mean, eventually they're going to have to pay their guys. I know, but. They're going to have to pay their guys, but they're not going to have to pay them right now. And this is your one shot to use that cap space to get somebody in. And even if the, that player that you bring in isn't the, you know, the, the absolute dream perfect player, you're also going to need contracts going forward to make the kind of star trade that you want to do. Where are those contracts going to come from? If they want to make it. I mean, I, I don't have any indication that there's like a star trade on the horizon. I mean, I think that they like... A lot of the guys they have, but, but you also know that they can't them. use all of these picks. They're not going to be able to use all four of the picks in twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's true. I I just don't. One is Cam Johnson realistically going to sign an offer sheet with Oklahoma City? Uh, 
Maybe. I just Why don't. not? Why not? It would be... That would be, CJ, mon- uh, be monumental. Monumental. <laughs> CJ Miles. Yeah, CJ Miles. Sure. CJ Miles. Sure. I. That would be pretty was- monumental. That that a free agent with the like the caliber of Cam Johnson would actually think about signing with Oklahoma City. That would be monumental. Like that would be shocking to me. That You'd be shocked. I would be shocked. Yes. Because he's a really good player Rude. that's going to command a lot of money, um, and obviously he would fit really well with this team. Like, there's no question about that. But he's also taking minutes from young guys. We also don't know who, what pick they have in this upcoming draft, and who that's going to be. There's a lot of good forwards in this draft, and if they draft a forward, there's just like ain't no way that they would do that. E- even if Cam was on the doorstep just just banging on Sam Presti's door. Just says, Sam, Sam, let me sign an offer sheet. I just don't know that that would happen. Hmm. Uh, the other name, I think this name's sort of interesting, is Grant Williams. Because yeah. Grant Williams is going to be a restricted free agent with Boston. Boston obviously has a lot of money on the books. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams offers kind of the uh, ideal combination of size and shooting next to Chet. Yeah which he's kind of in some ways like a fully realized version of JRE mm-hmm. of like what I imagine JRE would be like next to Chet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I feel I went into this discussion, not this one, mm-hmm. but when I was talking to people on the discord, mm-hmm. feeling the way you do, which is basically like, they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. But when I started to think about the cap space and how precious that cap space is and how, precious they've treated that cap space and how they've they've tried to wring every last value that they can out of that cap space over these last couple years Mm -hmm. for them to not make a significant deal or at least try to make a significant deal this summer i don't know it it almost feels like that would be uh kind of out of their personality based on the last couple years yeah that's where i still see like some distressed asset, some team that needs financial help that they swoop in and say, hey, give us a first in 2028 and we'll do it. For just some, for some, for a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For just some like distressed asset that you either keep or waive or whatever. Like I could see that. I just don't see them upgrading the roster this summer before you even see Chet and Shea play one game together. So I want to bring up another angle to this, which is when we did the summer, we talked about how it seemed like at least until 2015 deadline that they were operating under the assumption that Kevin Durant was going to stay, that he was going to sign his next contract. Yeah. They were making decisions somewhat based on that. Mm-hmm. Which which you kind of have to do, mm-hmm. and and we saw what the potential downside of that is when that player can just leave at the end of their deal. Yeah, true. How do you think they should approach SGA? Because if you take that same mindset, everything you're saying makes sense. You know, like why would you need to upgrade right now? Who, mm-hmm. who you know, we, we have to assume that Shea's going to sign his next deal. Otherwise, you're going to make some crazy win now move. But at the same time, you know, after this year, she's going to have four years left. As we saw with KD, that feels like a super long time. Mm-hmm. 
But when Ibaka gets injured, when Westbrook gets injured, all of a sudden the actual window where you have a chance to do something gets shrunk significantly. So if, how do you feel about the idea of planning for Shea to leave versus planning Shea is to stay, like being that mindset? Uh, I, I mean, you could start making win now moves as soon as the summer of 24 with, you're going to have four first rounders. You're going to have hopefully a season of seeing what Chet and Shea look like together, knowing what J-Dub's development is in year two, seeing what Giddy is like in year three, knowing if you have anything in Usman Jang, I think that you'll at least know that you have something in Us after next season, whether that's good or bad or whatever then I think you have a better idea of what you might need. You also have a better idea of what the Western conference looks like with as far as like competition, like what do the Mavs do? How are the Pelicans looking? Can they, you know, stay healthy for any stretch at all? Um, what does Denver look like? Obviously the Grizzlies as well. Like you have a good, a better idea of what that all looks like. And you have a, a better idea of how competitive you are. Like if they go out and they win 50 games next year, the Thunder do then like, and they're in the playoffs, and they have home court advantage, and things are looking really good. Then the summer 24, like, yeah. Like, I think you should be, one, you're not going to use – if you're that good, you're not going to use four first-rounders if they all convey. Like, you're just not going to use all four. There's not roster space for them. If your team is actually good, you're not using all four. And some of those might have, like, tremendous value. Like, tremendous value. I mean, the Utah pick and the Rockets pick could be extremely valuable if they both convey. And you, you can yeah. Have- and going back to the OG deal, like just imagine if that report's true that they want three first and they demand the Houston first as part of that. Yeah. Like, are you no. really willing to give up on that shot? Heck no. And depend. I mean, you may pick somebody with that pick and say, "Hey, we're going to add the sixth pick to this Thunder roster," and he's perfect for what we need and he's young and he's going to be great and you still find a way to like develop slowly while being good great or somebody comes on the market brad beal comes on the market and he's like brad and mark degnall have a relationship like a really good relationship and so he's like yeah i would go play for oklahoma city you know if they would want if if they would trade for me and then like you find a deal for a guy like that, like, sure. Like th- then something like that could happen. Um, I'm not saying that would ever happen with Bradley Beal. Um, but I'm just thinking like who, who would be available that would like peak the interest of Thunder fans at that point. And maybe Beal's too old, honestly, to, to fit with this team. But like, who would it be? Um, I don't know. But yeah, at that time, you're going to have so much ammunition. You still you have those four picks to play with. You have picks out in the future. You're going to have a better idea of who's good on your roster and who's not. And, you know, then you can make a trade. Even if Jang, like, doesn't have a very good season next year, he's still going to have, like, some, like, interest from other teams just because it's like this guy is still really young and developing and you can't just find a six-foot, 11 guys that can handle the ball like this and pass and whatever. So at that time, like you could make a trade definitely, but like this summer just 
just no on like all fronts. Like there's just no, no way. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So I wanted to bring up an idea that was in the, uh, the Discord. I believe Justin brought it up. And I've already shared it with you. But I just thought it was, it was kind of funny. It, after all of this talk, it would be kind of like the classic Presti move. And it is to trade for Chris Paul this summer. <laughs> and the reason is because Chris Paul has two years left on his deal. Yeah. Only has 15 million guaranteed for next year. Yeah. If, if you, if you waived him. Mm-hmm. And then the, the last year, if you kept him next year, the last year is zero money guaranteed. Yeah. So he is a player that would not affect your 2024 summer of 2024 cap space. Yeah. Cause he, he could be off the books by then not affecting you in any way. Meanwhile, for the Suns, I mean, there's already been reports. Mark Stein had a report about Chris Paul, basically saying like, they're already assessing their post-Paul future, identifying Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Quickly, Fred Van Vliet as potential trade targets. If they're going to make a move like that, 
they're going to need to free up some money because even though they have a ton of money coming off the books this summer, it's all of their smaller deals. They're still going to have Booker. They're likely still going to have Aiton, which that deal suddenly looks less movable than everyone thought it was going to be Mm -hmm. in the summer. Yeah, and they're going to have to decide what they want to do. Obviously, Mikael Bridges is going to be there, and they still have to decide what they want to do with Cam Johnson. Like, if he's really going to get twenty-five plus per year, all of a sudden they're like a pretty big tax team, and then they have this Chris Paul thing. Meanwhile, wanting to bring in someone like Fred Van Vliet. Mm -hmm. So, could you potentially get a first for taking Chris Paul back? (laughs) And would that, in some way, satisfy? like all sides of the Thunder fan base because you're making this like savvy move to get a first. Mm-hmm. And then if they just kept him for one year, came off the bench, you know, finish finishing his career. Okay. See, I mean, who, who knows, bench. dude, like he might be at that point. I don't know. I don't know that Chris is going to want to come off the bench. Hey, AP, they say I got to come off the bench. I don't know that we want to do that again. Um, I could see it if Chris was just not going to be on the team. Yeah. I just don't see it as like a that's a it's a it's a it's a button of sorts, you know. Like I just don't it's kind of a mini button though. Like there's no the the downside is pretty limited. Yeah. I And again, you I this, don't know. you're gonna have the cap space. Yeah, the pr- the problem is that it is it's like uh like how if Chris Paul is your backup point guard, which is like a ridiculous sentence. If Chris yeah. Paul is your backup point guard, mm-hmm. how good do you really how good are you really? How do you know that how good you are, I guess, is the question. Because if he's just gone the next year, well, we just had the best backup point guard in the history of the NBA. Um now well, and he's we're coming gone. off the title in this scenario though. <laughs> he's gone now. What okay now? What are we? Are we? I don't know. I just I don't think that they. I think they want long term solutions, not like these like stop gaps that'll make you, like that would certainly make you a lot better. But um, but doesn't that that go against that goes against what you're saying? I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to find you something that isn't a major win now move. But now you're saying that they want they want something for the long term. Yeah. The, yeah. Something for the long term. Yes, if you are going to make a deal, it'd be something for, it'd be a long-term play. Well, then sign Cam Johnson to a offer sheet. But nothing is happening this summer. Nothing is happening this summer. Nothing but, is happening this summer. As as we've discussed, this might be their shot to have this much in cap space. I mean, they'll have some in summer of 2024. It's like, what's the trade for CP? Like, if you did it, what would the trade unclear. be? What would the trade be? Like, how do you uh, get there? So, I, he has mixing. He's mixing. He's making 30.8. Uh, but you're going to have space, so you don't have to get all the way there, obviously. Yeah. So, I, I don't think it's hard at all. But who's in the deal? Like, who's the thing is? Like, there's a lot of players that we that we like now on this team. And like, who do you speak for yourself? Who do you trade? And who? And what? What deal is is Phoenix even willing to do at that point? Uh, Andrew, they're gonna have to take what they can get. Okay. 
because in this scenario, they're trying to clear as much money as they can so they can sign Fred Van Vliet to a free agency deal. Okay. Okay, but, but who is it? I just need to know. Who is it? Who they would trade? Yeah. Uh, freaking Poku. No. No. No deal. For a juicy first. Because you're helping them out so much. How, how juicy are we getting here? Uh, Poku juicy. What is that? Seventeenth pick? <laughs> Top seventeen. I only said protected? I only said Poku just because he's making like the most money of the young guys. Because yeah. obviously you're not trading like your anyone like that. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, you could cobble together some some of the smaller deals. I mean, this is going to happen, Andrew. Asking who, who they're going to trade. They're gonna, these all these guys aren't going to be able to thud it forever. Not forever, but you. I I think that you, this is why you. You don't do something like this. You give it another year to figure out who's good and who's not. I think there's I have some good ideas. I have some ideas of who's good and who's not, Andrew. I think I've seen enough. I think <laughs> I think I think the rest of this year and next year is gonna be like way more observation than like key decision making on what the roster is. I think it's gonna be way more of that than it is like, hey, let's Let's do this deal. Let's... All right. Let me try. To, let me try to end this by getting you to compromise. Okay. So you're not willing to do anything at the deadline, which I, I actually agree with. I just think that I gave it's you a, a trade. I gave you a trade. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say I'm not. No, willing shut to up. Do that wasn't a trade. It's it it's a seller's market. You're going to have to massively overpay, and it, it just doesn't feel like a good environment to make a deal right now. So I agree with you there. You're not willing to do anything this summer. It sounds like you are willing to do something in the summer of 2024. Sure. So why don't we compromise next trade deadline? Next trade deadline. Yeah. Okay. What if me... the team gets out to a hot start? They're like uh, the the you know fifth, sixth seed. Okay. In the West. Okay. Playing really well. A player becomes available that is kind of like a really nice fit. You have all these picks up coming. Are you willing to press a button next February? And, I mean, it's just, it's like totally dependent on who the player is and what's going out. Like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't get you to say anything. You're so button averse. I just want, I, I mean, if it's like giving up the Rockets pick, like we don't even know what it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't know at that point. You would have a, a decent idea of like. You'd have an idea of what it could be. But <laughs> Are also... the Rockets right next to us at the sixth seed and we're at the fifth seed? All right. That obviously changes things. That would, I would faint <laughs> every morning looking at the standings if that were the case. <laughs> I would, I would just. I would be in cardiac arrest for an entire season if that were the case. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not like averse to that. I just don't. Again, not, not like some. It, yeah, listen, we're not forcing it in any of these scenarios. Yeah, there's no. I, I still just want to see the process play out, honestly, because you look at. If we go back to like the process Sixers example, like what Brian Colangelo did to that team was like, gosh, made them a winner. I mean, just think of like the Tobias Harris deal. Like how how long have we talked about that deal and it just being so bad 
for the yeah, Sixers. Yeah, that's 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 one of those like middling deals. Like a, not dissimilar to like a, a Cam Johnson is probably like a Tobias Harris level player, a good player. Like how much do you realistically have to pay Cam Johnson to get him away from the Sixers, like or the the Suns, like a lot. And then it's not a mid-tier contract. It's like above that where people don't want to take it and you have to it's it's just a position you don't want to be in. Because how how many years have we heard about Tobias Harris? All oh, the Sixers are willing to deal with Tobias Harris. Like the last three trade deadlines, we've heard about that, and we'll hear about it again. I mean, it's been an albatross for them just because he's not good enough to carry the weight of his deal, but yet he's still helpful enough, but he's not helping you get to where you want to go, and he doesn't show up in the play. I mean, there's just like so many issues with that contract in particular. Like the Jimmy deal fine like they you take your chance on a guy like jimmy butler okay but it was the tobias harris deal that was just like oh boy like that's the one like that's the deal you don't want to make which honestly that sounds more like the og deal because if you give up one of these legit picks like let's say you give up the rockets pick two other picks dort basely you come around to next summer and they're they're like a solid playoff team. Maybe like they make the second round or something. Mm-hmm. Based on what you've given up, you you now have to be like all in on OG Ananobi. And what that might, next contract would be is going to be like there's going to be sticker shock with it in the same way there was with Tobias Harris. Yep. Because Philly was they'd given up everything. They like this is all they had from that deal like they had to make it work with tobias and so they end up giving him 40 million a year or whatever mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that would be out of the question with og like he's the way people talk about him makes you feel like whoever pays his next contract is going to have to pay up yeah no doubt and do you want to have to pay that for your fourth best guy in an ideal world he's your fourth best guy like I just and i think-, think if you're on the cusp Again, it's going back to Memphis. Like, yeah, if you can win the West you're, right away, if you're winning the West. If you're right there, then maybe you can justify it because it's like, okay, we're kind of we're kind of ready to go, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll feel that way about OKC at next year's trade deadline. Um, but I certainly just, I don't feel that way about them right now. Yeah, and like, still the dream for me, dream scenario: uh, Shea, Chet, Giddy, and J Dub are your core players. And it's not outrageous to think that all of those guys could demand max or near max money. And if you're the Oklahoma City ownership, you can't have a Tobias Harris contract on your books and pay all of those guys. You can't have a, and specifically you can't have a non-movable big contract. The Sixers haven't been able to move that contract. Yeah, you you can't have it. And you also, this is why you just can't deal for a a player right now. This is why you can't sign Cam Johnson because you can't sign Cam Johnson and also believe that all of those guys could demand close to a max contract. Like you can't, you can't have both. You can't do both. It, it, it depends. I mean, if you could get Cam Johnson for twenty five million, that's probably still a movable contract, like a very movable contract when you coming under the new TV deal. Yeah. I just don't know if that's going to be enough to get Phoenix to not sign like 
Probably not. They have, Probably they have a not. new guy who just played four billion for that team. I don't think I don't think that's going to make him stop matching that offer. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I don't think you're getting him. And I don't and if you do, you're making an offer that's just so outrageous that you're gonna be Tobias Harris. You know. You don't want to be that. If you if you really believe in Shea and Giddy and J Dub and Chet, and that's not even factoring in like who they can get in this next draft or who they get in the summer twenty four in the draft or Usman Jang's development. Like we just don't know about those. But like <clears throat> you better believe Josh Giddy's getting a max contract extension. Like just book it. Like that's happening. Chet, if he's even anywhere close to what we think he is, book a max contract extension for him as well. J Dub, if he continues to develop and gets a lot better you, you you're going to be close to it and you can't screw up your financial situation right now and you can't mess with it even because you have cap space you have to think a little bit because i mean and honestly like how fun and like satisfying would it be if those are your four best guys and they take you to the conference finals at some point in the next like four years like that would be amazing. And I think that it's not impossible. And so I, there are so many reasons why you take this slow. Um, the biggest reason right now is you have no clue what you have. You have no clue what you have. And I don't think the Sixers exactly knew what they had either because their guys, Embiid and Simmons, were still really young. But what you do, too, is if you make that deal now, expect you – with a deal like that, with a Cam Johnson, with a, even a Chris Paul, it's like expectations will will see, start seeping in more. I still don't think there will be a ton of like, if you if the Thunder don't achieve this, then it's disappointing next season. I think the year after that, that's possible. Next year, I don't think there should be a whole lot of that. And so, I, I mean, if they don't make the playoff, I, I I do think there's going to be expectations next year i mean if the, even if they're in the play-in next year i don't think like let's say they missed the play-in this year and they are like the seventh seed next year and they're like a, a good team is that disappointing uh not if they if they <laughs> if they don't make a deal yeah and i don't think they will yeah yeah i, I do think people will be if they, if they are in this position next year, I think people will be upset. It, it all depends because like seventh next year, if it, if the Western Conference looks like this, yeah, I think it would be disappointing. If they're just hovering around 500 again, there's going to be expectations on this team going into next year. I just don't think there should be like heavy expectations on this team next year. They're, they're ahead of schedule right now. I'm, dude, I'm just telling you what the fan base is going to be like. I think that's insane. <laughs> but... I, I don't. This is what it's going to be like. They should get ready for it. And I that's, don't that's think why quite, I think... This, I don't think it's quite time yet. I think this, the going into 24-25 is when it's like, okay, like now it's, it's time. Now it's time to go. I just Andrew, don't think... Ready. Next, next year get is... Get ready, next, Andrew. We haven't even seen Chet play one minute of NBA basketball. We saw a game in Salt Lake City. <laughs> okay? That's all we needed to see. I think it'd be insane to have like 
I mean, if they're... I don't Haven't know. you said that you might think they win 50 games next year? I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's look at impossible. You. You, look at you. You're already setting a benchmark. That's You're already raising expectations, Andrew. It's definitely not a benchmark. <laughs> You're wearing a hot dog costume asking... We're all trying to find the guy who's doing this. You're the one setting the bar high. You're the reason we have expectations. If I were to give a prediction for next year, I think I'd pick them for like 42 wins. Gross. Higher. Higher. I mean, I picked them for 27 this year. I was dead wrong. But I would not, I would, if they're at 500 or a little above, I mean, you're, you're working in a 21 year old center that's never, that's never played NBA basketball yet. Like, I, I have big expectations for Chet, but like, I would like to see it first before I'm like, okay, this is going to take them to the promised land. I also want to see Josh in year three. Like he's had a big jump in year two, but year three is typically like the year that things really start to come together. And so I'm so, so curious to see what that looks like for a guy like Josh, who's going to get stronger. He's still only 20. Like that's still just insane to me. Um, then like JW year two, what does that look like? Like, I don't know. And then Shay, like I think Shay's still going to get better. You know, Shay's only 24. I think that he'll get better too. So like, what does that look like next year? Like there's, there's a uh, there's a higher definitely a higher ceiling than this year for next year's team, but I would still temper my expectations to like wins in the 40s next year. But we didn't expect that that Thunder team to win 50 games either that first year. Just like that would have been insane, like preseason to predict something like that. Well, this is this is one of the like subplots of the rest of the season. Because how the rest of the season goes is going to set up the expectations for next year. I mean, they're already going to be high, in my opinion. But if they, you know, they're 8-3 and three right now in 2023. If mm-hmm. they really do this and make the play-in, mm-hmm. that is going to set a benchmark for the team that they must now always reach. They can never fall below that. Yeah. Like, anything below the play-in going forward will be a huge disappointment. Yeah. And so... I that is the other part of the rest of the season that I'm very excited about because that is going to kind of set how we feel and how we talk about this same team this summer. Yeah. Cause if they finish as hot as they've been in 2023, the train has left the station, Andrew, well, at that get, point. They home, okay? well, if they get home court advantage in the playoffs is what happens if they played this well. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> if that happens, Andrew might be more open to de- making a deal this summer. Let's say that. If they get home court advantage in, in round one of this year's playoffs. You'll be yeah, open to a deal. I will okay, be great. more open to a deal. Okay. We, we, at least we've nailed you down that we can expect a more juicy trade deadline next year because uh, assuming things go well, you will be more open to uh, discussing it and not give us Dario Saric and a second round pick. Hey, that's pretty. That's, that's got some juice for me. Zero juice. That's a, that's a lemon that you left in your fridge, and it's been there like three months. And it's shriveled and up. Out. Like, it's, hmm, maybe it's... I can get one more drop out of this. <laughs> no, not good enough. Uh, regardless of all of that, though, it is this team is crazy fun, and the No Dunks guys talked about it yesterday. Give give us a little shout out on their podcast. Hell yeah. That was great. That was cool. Um, but there, this is a very, this is, you know, this is, you know, Andy from the office, you know, when he says like, you wish that you knew you were in the good old days, whatever the quote is, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is it. 
we're in the, we are in like welcome to the beginning of the climb of the mountain and i promise you this part of thunder fandom is the most fun part because of the lack of expectations so you're saying it's all downhill from here <laughs> i'm saying <laughs> that expectations change your fan base or i mean we the thunder would get to the western conference finals and it would feel disappointing that you know what i mean like you hit the point where like yeah the expectations are and the thunder did it to themselves by being so good so fast where they get all the way um to the nba finals just in what felt just like the snap of a finger like they're in the finals and then from there, it's just when you hit a certain point, you you have to either get there or exceed it to like satisfy the fan base. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's why like Atlanta is miserable right now because they made the Eastern Conference Finals, and now like fandom for a Hawks, it's it's miserable. It's awful because of the expectations that were put on them, and you like almost. The Grizzlies are still in a really good spot because they haven't like ex- they've exceeded expectations, but not like so drastically like the Hawks did, where they got to the conference finals, to where it's like, all right, we gotta we gotta get to the finals now. Like the Grizzlies can still like work their way up there um, to a degree, um, to where I don't know, like a round two exit this year for Memphis wouldn't be like unimaginable. Like if they lost to Denver in round two, if that's where they ended up, like wouldn't be insane for them to do that. You'd still feel good about the Grizzlies going into next year. So I don't know. Like this is the time to that's really exciting to be a Thunder fan. This is the 20 like the 20 early 2010s for for OKC like replaying again. And I'm just saying just enjoy it. Just try to enjoy this team without expectations because this is a really fun team that I think is going to um, – they're going to surprise some people in the, in the near future. And there are – I mean, they're surprising people now, but it's going to get bigger. Like, the stakes are going to get bigger. And if we are in early 2010s, that means perk trade is about to happen. The perk, the perk trade is a button, and the button will become available. And I just hope that if it's the Tyson Chandler one, like – Make sure you get your second and third opinions on the guys before you before you just let them go. All right, Andrew, I have to go. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.